Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone for another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Good to be here. Hi, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And before we uh, we read this Gospel, we're going to ask Rob, do you mind uh, inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, you are awesome. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the gift of our lives. We're sorry, Lord, at the times that, that we've turned our back to you, to your love. Sorry for the times that, that we did it our way and, uh, when you wanted us to do it your way, the way of love and peace and joy. And again, we thank you for the gift of your word. And we just ask you to open up our, our minds to, and our hearts to fully understand what it is that you're trying to tell us and, and give us the, the capacity to retain and recall your word in, in times of need throughout our lives. And we ask you to bless and protect each and every one of us here in the studio, all the listeners, all of our families, and uh, that we would all turn to you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Father Son, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? To be sure. The reading today is from John 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus said to Nicodemus, No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Every time we read this Gospel and uh, I hear the words, everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And that word believe, you know, Jesus Christ came and gave his life for each and every one of us. That word believe just doesn't mean that we recognize he's God, recognize he's the Christ, recognize that he did all these wonderful things. To believe means to believe, to know and believe in our hearts every word that Christ spoke into our hearts through the sacred word, through the sacred scripture, because it's through the scriptures we get to learn who Christ is. St. Jerome in our catechism tells us, you know, ignorance of sacred scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ, so we need to know him. We know him by just diving into the Word, getting our Bibles, breaking open the bread of life, asking the Holy Spirit to open our hearts to understand who He is. And then when He tells us something, and I love John chapter 6, when He tells us that His flesh is true food, His blood is true drink, you must eat the flesh and drink the blood, He means it. 
He's telling us it's real. It's the Eucharist. It's his gift of the bread we pray for in our, our Father. Every time we pray for that daily bread, he's given it to us. But it's our choice. Do we truly believe the words that Jesus Christ spoke about the Eucharist, about confessing our sins, about everything that our beautiful Catholic faith teaches us? And we always turn to Holy Mother Church to say, I don't understand this. Help me to understand more deeply. We go back through the rich 200 years of, or 2,000 years of history, and we learn what the church has been taught through the guidance of the Holy Spirit who keeps opening up that one deposit of faith to the beauty and the truth that we find in, in sacred scripture, Rob. And I love when the church coincides with football season. All right, so we're, we're, we're in, the, in the start of football season, and we have John 3.16 here. Right, so all the football fans out there, when they watch their games and they see the sign raised, 316, it's referencing for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, uh, and what's beautiful is that God would have done it just for you, David, just for you, Rick, just for me, uh, if we were the only ones on, on the face of the earth, that he would have come, he would have sent his son, become one of us to, to show us how to live, to suffer, show us how to suffer and die, that we would then be able to rise with him. So for God so loved David. For God so loved Rick, for God so loved Rob, fill in your name. For God so loved, right, you, that he sent his only son. He loves each and every one of us so much that he would have done it just for us if we were the only ones, because he doesn't want to be parted from any of us, right? He wants all of us to be with him forever, forever in heaven. And he, and he, and he showed us the way by sending his son. And you know, God loves us that much. We're the only creature that he created in his image and likeness and gave us the gift of free will, because you see, love is free. It's unconditional, but it's also a choice, and God never forces his love on us. So as we read this, it says, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life, might not perish, might have eternal life, might be saved. It doesn't say are saved, do have eternal life, you know, will not perish. It doesn't say that. Why? Because our free will choice to respond to God's love, who loves us first, is always present. We have the choice. God sends no one to hell. We make that choice, and our actions speak our choice. Our actions speak our choice. And and, and that is that's just cra- crazy love. Yeah, you think from you know, well, three of us are fathers. And, uh, and and the love of our children, right? We love our kids, and uh, and you know we we pray that they will choose God. But um, you know, for God to create us and to leave that decision to us, and knowing knowing that that people are gonna choose against Him to turn to turn their backs, uh, that's love. Because if He forced us, it wouldn't be love. We'd be yeah, puppets, yeah, marionettes. Yeah. So as we you know, those listening that are moms and dads, uh, influence over kids, you know, have, have an influence over kids. Um, you know, God gave all of us free will. And sometimes as a parent, you know, I, I want to, I really, I'm, I get so nervous sometimes that my kids aren't going to choose God that I might force it a little too much. And I think I need to pray just that my actions will open up the hearts of my children. My example will open up the hearts of my children through God's grace that I can be that example, that they will be open to a relationship with him and that they would say their own yes, not that they're being guilted into it or coerced into it. Um, 
saying it from saying their yes because that's what they think dad wants uh but that their hearts are open to give their own their own free will yes to jesus and that's awesome robin as i look here in the second sentence it says and just as moses lifted up the serpent in the desert you know moses was a like type of christ typology type of christ figure and moses led the people of egypt the, the jews that were in egypt in the bondage and slavery out of that to the promised land well that's what christ is inviting each of us to come out of the out of the slavery of sin to turn away from sin and follow him you know to be a disciple of jesus christ he says deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me Jesus wants to set us free and give us life here and now, starting now on this earth, and give it to us in the fullest. But we've got to turn away from sin. Mm. And, and we've got to, you know, I was at a talk today at a, at a flower club, and this one lady, you know, said, uh, you know, inspiration, and then right after inspiration is perspiration. Because when you're inspired to follow Jesus Christ, well, that requires picking up the cross, not just picking it up, but embracing it because it's through the cross. Because without, and I love this, I was on a talk I just was listening to, you know, no cross, no crown. No cross, no crown. Mm. Pick up our cross and embrace it because through the cross, we learn and we lead others to Christ. And then, you know, deny myself. Deny myself. Self's got to die. The flesh in me, my me, myself, and I has to die. Why? So that Christ can infuse His will into us so that our lives are led by the Spirit. We are in communion with the will of the Father, and we are doing His work. What is His work? Works of love. We are bringing His love into the world through our uniqueness, through your uniqueness, Rob, yours, Rick, and mine. We are called in our uniqueness to bring Christ into the world. But, you know, Satan is perpetuating a lie that's been around a long time, but uh, he's continuing it now. And using these verses, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and then um, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And Satan is telling people that God loves you so much he would never send he would never send you to hell that his his love is accepting of everybody and no matter what because of god's love we're all going to go to heaven because god loves us too much to send us to hell but what we what we really see here is that um god doesn't send anybody to hell you mentioned it a, a few minutes ago david the uh, the world might be saved through him, but might. And so uh, while Satan tries to convince everybody to relax, it doesn't matter what you do, you live your life the way you want to live it, it's all good because God is love, and God is love. But just the same way he used uh, truth of the Scripture and twisted it in the wilderness when he was tempting the Lord. He twists those truths and adds lies to them um, to try to bring those who would follow Christ to a point where they don't think it matters. They can do whatever they want to do. But um, we, we send ourselves to hell um, you know, through how we live and whether we accept Christ or reject him.
but Satan is so devious, he is so clever, um, that many, many people will end up far away from God in hell because of the lies that he tells. And, you know, that's amazing, Rick, because I was at a group this morning and I was listening to a couple of pastors talk, you know, and the one pastor said, uh, well, you know, Jesus Christ paid the price. My sins are forgiven. I'm good to go. And I went, oh, my. You are correct. Scripture tells us Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. It is a free gift. However, there's another piece to that. We have to go and turn around, turn away from sin, and receive the gift and believe what the Lord said. Believe. If to remain in my love, you've got to obey my commandments. The Lord said that. To remain in my love. Doesn't mean God doesn't love us. But we flip the cup upside down. We no longer receive it. When we're out of relationship, out of communion, out of common union with God, we can't receive his love because we're, we've turned to sin. And we've made the choice. So God is never going to take our free will away. You're right. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. But we have to make the choice to receive that free gift that he gave for each of us. But that means we've got to turn around, turn away from sin, walk towards Christ. It says, you know, again, to be his disciple, do what? Deny yourself. Do what? Pick up your cross. And then do what? Follow him. Well, that means you're not walking towards sin or in sin if you're following Jesus Christ, that's what Jesus commands us. So, you know, too many times the enemy wants to believe, oh, you're good to go. Christ paid the price. You're good. You're good. You're washing the blood of the lamb. You're good to go. No, no, it's our, our yes to that invitation to pure, unconditional love is to respond in love. If you were married and you told your wife you loved her and then went and cheated on her, did you really love her? Of course not. If you truly loved her unconditionally, purely, fully, freely, faithfully, you wouldn't do that. So in actuality, it is a lie. So when we respond to God's love, it is a we change. We become a new creation in Christ, and we are purged of the old self, and we become this new creation in Christ. We've got to turn away from sin. You're right. Christ paid the price. Receive the gift. But by receiving the gift, is by accepting Jesus Christ, what he did for us, and turning away from sin. Well, David, you used the words, just as the Scripture does, that eternal life is a free gift from God. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life are a free gift. Mm -hmm. We can't do anything to earn them. We have to accept them as a gift. But that does require something on our part, which is accepting the gift. If you At Christmas time, there's a gift under the tree with your name on it. And what happens... If you never pick up the gift, never unwrap it, and just leave it sit under the tree forever, well, you never receive the benefit of that gift. So the gift is there waiting for anybody that wants to pick it up and unwrap it. And uh, the benefit of receiving that gift is forgiveness of sin and eternal life in heaven with God. You know, but, I was in a small. We got to do that. We do, Rick. And I was in a small group with a man the one day, and. And we were talking about, you know, salvation in Jesus Christ. He said, oh, I got that. Check the box. Got it. Covered. Said it. Said the words. Went through the little ditty. I'm good to go. Accept Jesus Christ my Savior. I'm good to go. I'm saved. And then he went on to share about his struggle with pornography and this and that. And I went, but, and that's okay that he does all that. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're called to change. We're called, as Scripture tells us, to be perfect like our Heavenly Father's perfect. We're called to be holy. 
like our Heavenly Father's holy. Those are processes that processes that each of us go through as Christ continues to purge from us and purify in us our sin nature as our flesh dies. It's as St. Paul says it the best, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's a process, but the enemy wants to stop us right there and say, you're good to go. You said the words. You're, you're, don't worry about it. Oh no. Every day I wake up, it's a new day. It's an opportunity to love or not love. It's a free will choice. And when we get to heaven, it's not, did you make your car payments? Did you buy a new house? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did the people applaud you for this or that? No. The question is, did you love freely or did you not? What's the question? And, and if heaven is eternity, uh, just loving and worshiping and adoring God, and, and that's something that we don't enjoy doing here, right? God loves us too much to, to force us to do that for all of eternity, right? So, you know, if we can't even hang out with Jesus uh, during our days uh, and, and speak to him and, and adore and worship him, then, uh, you know, then God loves us too much to, to force, force us to do that into heaven. I, I'd, like, I'd like to take us, if we could, just to the, the image of Moses lift, lifting up the serpent. Um, you know, the, the, the snakes bit the people, right? So they were, they were, they were dying, so they had to look at, at that serpent, and right, we're all bitten by sin originally, uh, with original sin, but then uh, all throughout our lives, and we look at the crucifix, right? Not just a cross. We look at the crucifix, and we see Jesus' body on that cross, and the love that it took to take the beating that he took, and the scourgings, and the spitting, and the plucking, and the carrying his cross, and falling on his face, and thinking of us, right? Thinking of us. And he revealed to mystics that, that now, today, right, in 2014, today, when we choose to love, when we choose to pray to him and spend time with him, we're consoling him in the garden when he's sweating blood. We're helping give him strength when he's carrying the cross and he falls, right? But then when we sin, he saw that as well, right? But it's just such a, a message of hope that, oh, what can I do? Wow, today, if you choose God and you put that choice into action, you're consoling his heart. You're helping him during his passion. And we, you know, we have so many crosses out there that don't have the body of Christ on the cross. And it's kind of sterilized. And, and it just takes away the passion, right? The passion and the suffering and, and everything that Jesus did to uh, just to, to, to give us this gift of eternal life. So we, you know, we can't forget. We can never forget the suffering. Um, you know, Jesus rose, yes. But like you said earlier, no crown, or no, no cross, no crown, no, no Good Friday, no, no Easter Sunday. That's right. Um, so there's a, a, a husband and wife. The, the husband is a pathologist, and he... Uh, does a lot of, of presentation on the Shroud of Torn. And he said, they said that they're making great inroads with our non, non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters. When they go into the churches, they're just, the cross is there. And when they show the Shroud, and from a, pathological, you know, from a pathologist's perspective, they show and, sh- and, and talk about the suffering that Christ had to go through for each and every one of us. They say eyes and hearts are just completely opened and, and, and torn apart um, at, at realizing the suffering, realizing the passion. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, and, and, you know, it's almost a deception, Rob, because when you see the empty cross, 
it takes you down the path of he's paid the price. It's done. But you see, when I see the crucifix, I love to meditate on that crucifix and look at Christ on it. And when I choose to sin, I look at that crucifix and ask the question, Jesus, did you feel the pain then or do you feel the pain now at my free will choice to click on an internet channel, to look at something I shouldn't, to do whatever I do? Because when I sin against another, I sin against you. I separate us. I choose hell rather than you, Lord Jesus, rather than your love, rather than your mercy. You know, and I also then go to the piece about, you know, the Son of Man did not come in to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. And that whole believing in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the answer to break us free from addictions, pornography, sexual addictions, alcoholic addictions, all this. Jesus Christ is the answer. We need to believe it. And it's a journey. It's not an instantaneous. It's an everyday getting up, inviting the Lord to go with us in the journey to make it one day, perhaps sometimes one hour. And he, and then the Lord keeps telling me, celebrate the victories. Don't focus on the falls. When we fall, again, God did not send his son to come to condemn us. He convicts us in our hearts that we've fallen and invites us to come back to him in a beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. The Bible commands us, tell your sins to one another. It also gives the grace and the gift to the priests to be able to forgive those sins. They're used as an instrument. God uses them in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, to hear those sins and to then pass on that grace. When we truly go with a contrite heart, we truly ask for mercy and forgiveness. We are forgiven. We are clean as lambs from the day we were baptized. So again, when you get condemnation, you're listening to the enemy's channel. You know, oh, I fell again. You start beating on yourself. Self-condemnation, other people's condemnation. That's not of God. That's of the enemy. God convicts us of our fall and says, you fell, come back to me, come back to me. So that's what we have to look at always. God didn't come to condemn us. He didn't send his son to condemn us. He came to save us so that we may have life and have it to the fullest. And and if God didn't send his son to condemn the world, would his son send us to condemn the world? Absolutely not, right? So Great Commission is, uh, it's not go and, and condemn all your brothers and sisters and point out every sin that they've, that they've, that they've committed. Uh, yes, we are to lovingly correct, you know, to, to help people get back into right relationship, but not to condemn, right? The world is starving, starving for the message of mercy. Mercy, right? That, that God's mercy is infinite, uh, that, that his ocean of mercy is, is there and waiting for us, that all the sins of mankind are like a drop in the in the ocean of his mercy, that's the message that people need to hear, that people are dying to hear, that people are killing themselves for every day through the choices of, of all these different addictions and sins and whatever, right? That The message of mercy. Mercy, right? So um, let's, not, let's not fall uh, off of the plan that God the Father had for God the Son because God the Son is sending us to do the same thing, not to condemn, but to call people back home to mercy like that, like that uh, loving father to his prodigal son. Absolutely, Robin. That's so, so important to hear. So for me, my current encouragement to each and every one of our listening audience, you know, and a re-encouragement to me, I need to get into the Word. 
I want to know the heart of Christ. I want to purely reflect Christ's love in all situations. I want to have that heart of compassion, that heart of mercy, that heart of forgiveness. Whenever I want to react, that's the flesh in me. That's not of God. Stop. Take it to prayer. Take it to Christ. Let Christ purify what I'm feeling so that I can always respond to that person with love. And love can be tough love, you know? And I don't want to have fear silence me. So going to God and asking for the courage and asking for the words to share with a friend who's off track, who's heading in the wrong direction, I want God to use me. And that takes a great courage, a great courage, because fear of what are they going to think, what are they going to say, but I find in those situations, Rob, anymore, I ask permission. May I help you? And it almost like takes the defenses down of people. When I ask the question, may I help you? And they say, yes, they have given you permission to share not my truth, God's truth. What does that look like? But always, always in the context of love. Mm-hmm. Always. Uh, last week, we prayed the litany of humility, and uh, and it's it's we're praying for to be freed from our desires and our fears. Not that being loved is is bad, but the desire. Like if our if we're everything is is desire to be loved and desire to be esteemed, that that's that's not so good. And if it's fear of being humble, being humble is good. But the fear, so we're we're, we're driven by our desires and our fears, and uh, and then that affects our behavior, right? And Jesus. Uh, he you know, doesn't want us to have our, our behavior and our conduct, which he will repay, as we heard a couple weeks ago. Um, he doesn't want our conduct to be affected by these, uh, these desires and, the, and these fears. And you know, that one, the one about uh, the desire to be loved, Lord Jesus, free me. I had a little bit of a problem with that because we're created for love. But if we take that desire for love into the world, that's when we get in trouble. That's when we get in trouble because that love can only be filled by one source— and that's God. So when we have a desire for love, we're not receiving the infinite love, which comes from the Father. That's what we're lacking. So that desire is, is a problem because we take it to the wrong places. And then when they don't fill it, well, then we throw them away. So it's a beautiful prayer i just like to finish with. It's called the serenity prayer because, whew, thank God I'm not God. And he is. So when I let go and let God, it's amazing what God can do using us, broken vessels, to bring his love into the world. So Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next Amen. God bless one and all. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.